When you pass, you can't let those little stick guys get between you and the receivers, okay? Or else they'll keep on intercepting, okay? Yeah, six points. Now I kick off to you. You can't punt on first down. Nobody does that, not even Tampa Bay. Don't you watch football? Whence comes it? Huh? The music. Oh, there's a church over there. And how is it you're not there? Oh, I never go. My dad hates all that stuff about Jesus and the 12 apostrophes. Oh, I intercepted. Your turn. How come you're not there? Church? Yeah, it's Sunday. No witch can set foot on church ground. <laughs> you're telling me you're a witch? You ain't no witch. Witches are girls. Some are men. Yeah? So where's your broomstick? Witches fly on broomsticks. Didn't you never see the Wizard of Oz? I need no broomstick to fly. Yeah? So what do you need? Especially when you work a lot in movies, uh, you never sort of have contact with the audience. So when I do th uh, live theatre shows, um, it's immediate and it's there, like this, and very gratifying. So the fact that you come out and um, show your support is very much appreciated by me. We're delighted that you're here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for coming to play with us because it's a drive. It is. <laughs> That's what we always say. Come to play with us. <laughs> I'm here to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, obviously, we know you uh, as the Warlock, of course, um, and as Shelley in Gothic, yes? Uh, it, yes, indeed, and this year is the 200th anniversary of Shelley's death, mm -hmm. and I'm doing a series of readings of Shelley's poetry, uh, but not locally, in England and in Rome uh, next month. Um, otherwise, I'd say, you know, come by. Because <laughs> <laughs> his poetry is really rather good. And uh, at the time I uh, worked on Gothic, with Ken Russell, um, Ken had very, very particular ideas about what he wanted. Um, he was an extraordinary man, an explosive man, a, a difficult man, but an inspired man. I loved all his movies and uh, really enjoyed, you know, working with him on, on Gothic. But I didn't really delve into Shelley's, I, I, I read his biography and I read the poems. But I didn't read them with great depth. And as a more mature person, I come to read his, his work very thoroughly. And it's extraordinary that a man in his 20s could 
be so contemporary, the vigor, the passion, the political motivation, the philosophical insight, insight and, the, uh, um, and the sensuality of his work is, to me, um, a revelation. Um, so I encourage you to get out your dusty old copies of Shelley. <laughs> also, you have done a lot of readings of Harold Pinter as well. Uh, it's true. And in Chicago at Steppenwolf, uh, I played the uh, Harold Pinter. It was called The Celebration of Harold Pinter, um, which came about because Harold had asked me what he had esophageal cancer. And he had committed to doing a reading of his personal writing. Um, uh, and he couldn't do it, but he wanted it to happen, and he wanted me to do it. Conditional spending time with him, being tutored in every aspect of uh, uh, the work, and it was a it was a masterclass, which informed every bit of performance acting I, I've done since. And shortly after um, he died of from cancer, I repeated our reading as a tribute. And people kept asking me to do it again. So with my friend John Malkovich, we worked it into a legitimate theatre piece, which we took to the Edinburgh Festival. And then we toured America, played off-Broadway twice, and all over the world. But I sort of retired that now. It was, I don't know, you know, Harold was an intense man to live with. Uh, it was like having this bird of prey on my shoulder <laughs> for six years or something. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's been a while. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, what what elements really draw you into a script or a story or a role? Well, <clears throat> when I read a script, I, um, you, you almost know within a few pages of if it's something that's turning you on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I look for the story, I look for the character, I look for then who's directing, who else is in the, the ensemble, if, they, if it is an ensemble. Um, and I look for the production um, circumstances, you know, where it's being filmed. And um, uh, budget is never a consideration. I've had some of my most fulfilling and rewarding experiences on tiny um, budgets where, you know, I, I haven't really been paid, but have had a tremendous. Um, uh, a meaningful uh, experience. Um, uh, and also, as an actor, you choose from what you're offered, what's real. You don't just sort of magic marker your you know, right. ideal list of things you'd like to do and how much you'd like to be paid and where you'd like to shoot. <laughs> People have to come to me and ask me. Um, and actors are mostly reactors, both in their work and in their lives. So, if somebody comes to me with a script, it already makes me interested. The fact that they want me to do it, I think, oh, well, maybe this, they see something. And uh, you react to their enthusiasm. Um, I don't do you know, everything I'm offered, of course, but I, I'm predisposed to be sympathetic and open. And I love working with um, you know, first-time directors or young directors. Um, of course, you, know, you could have a wish list of you know, very famous directors who we all know, some of whom I've worked with. But for instance, I had the film in Rome 
uh, last year. Oh, no, this year. Uh, this it, it was sent to me last year. It was supposed to be shot last year, but production didn't happen until January and February. It's called Body Odyssey, and it's a sort of Frankenstein story about a man seeking to create the ideal woman in the world of a female bodybuilding. And there was something so um, strange and haunting about this script, and yet I'd never heard of the writer who was also directing, because she was a student, she just graduated. So I spoke to her and said, look, I really like this, but um, uh, do you have anything you could show me that you, you've done? And she sent me a couple of the student films. And I thought, yeah, she, she, under, she has a very, very intuitive eye and a sense of her original cinema. And this is going to be very interesting. And my agents were not impressed <laughs> because it was a small thing. But I was. And I said I would do it. And I, 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 it's a film which is really about sadness, addiction, dysmorphia, schizophrenia. Set, but it is, you know, a lot of people with um, the, the, these overdeveloped muscles, and uh, I, to, you know, for me, Julian, I find that kind of steroid body, in male or female, very um, unattractive. But to come to a, a point where I was comfortable loving this body, touching it, massaging it, having showers with it, having jacuzzis, with, with the, 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 the wonderful Swiss bodybuilder who played uh, the subject. Um, it was, it was uh, um, uh, very uh, emancipating. You try to lose yourself and your own sort of um, uh, inhibitions and um, uh, prejudices in, in, in work um, and, and so that was just one film um, uh, I, I did in love. I had a very fortunate um, lockdown period the last couple of years I worked on films in Hong Kong in Africa all over Europe in, in America and um, I would spend a lot of time on empty planes <laughs> <laughs> And three weeks in a hotel in Hong Kong, in a room where you, the windows didn't open, you weren't allowed to go in the corridor. I had a monitor to show that I was in the room. Three weeks. Um, it was a very interesting period. Before I could come out and then um, do the movie with my figures. Um, another role of yours I really, really loved was The Phantom. El Fantasma de uh, Yes, and um, Dario Argento's uh, version of Phantom of the Opera, of course. And um, how was that? How was working with Argento? Well, you know, Argento uh, was the very opposite of Ken Russell. He, he wasn't volcanic. He, he was like a, a priest. He was incredibly quiet, focused, um, uh, like a, 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 uh, his attention to the imagery he was creating uh, was so still and piercing 
Um, and he was trying to make a, a film which was faithful to Gaston Leroux's novel, and was shot in Budapest in an opera house which was designed by Garnier, the person who designed the, uh, the Paris Opera House, where the novel is set. So, and um, you know, I, 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 I had a very good time. In that film, there was a scene where I was covered in rats. Now, people asked me about arachnophobia. What was it like having spiders? No problem. I have no issue with spiders but I do with rats. <laughs> they make me shit out like the character Winston Smith in 1984. And uh, Dario said, uh, Julian, there's a scene I want uh, the Phantom with his rats. They are his friends. And uh, I want to put many rats on you. I said, how many? <laughs> I know more, as many as I can get. And, uh, I don't know if there are about a hundred rats oh, in bed with me. Sort of. And you just put your mind into a Zen place and make peace with the rats. Uh, but, you know, co stars at that moment. You're, friend, you're friends now. That's what happened. Um, Second, that they are your co stars yes. in that moment, and yeah. they are your friends, and it has to happen. I, I, exactly. Quite so. Quite so. Yes. Um, and, uh, and so, so you're back to your question about what you look for in a movie. I mean, I went to drama school. I came out of drama school age 21 and sort of worked in tiny theatres in London, in pubs and schools. And, um, I, I was, and then I started working with some student filmmakers who needed actors. And I thought, this is so, this is a revelation because we weren't, really taught anything about acting on film or being on film. And I, I figured the, the only way I'm going to get to work on film and become comfortable and competent is by not choosing to go and do three years at the um, as theatre company, um, although that was my ambition. Uh, and I thought, no, I just had an instinct, a desire, and desire is good if you're going to be an actor or any kind of uh, artist, uh, you have to have that desire. Desire is more important than talent, um, because everybody has a little talent which can be developed, but you have to really want, want it, and that's what I tell students. Um, and slowly, little film parts came to me, and then I, I, I played a journalist in a film called The Killing Fields, and that was a big sort of international movie, and um, and which became a sort of hallmark of credibility. The hardest job to get is your first job. Mm -hmm. Once people have something they can refer to, so it's not them taking the risk. It's my, everything gets much easier. And um, I did a film called Room with a View, which was and still uh, in some places is. Uh, a very, very popular film internationally. And then um, uh, I, I was always, I'm always more interested in interesting independent films. I've been offered a lot, I was at that time offered a lot of studio work, which just seemed to me a little bit production line. I, I didn't have a Hollywood dream. Um, uh, I rather wish I had. And, uh, um, but, but, and I turned a lot of things down. But, when I was filming in Poland at the time, communism was still 
prevalent. Um, Yaroslavsky had just crushed um, a solid Danosh, the union movement, and uh, I was sent this script of Warlock shooting in Los Angeles, and I thought, oh, and it, we were in the winter in Poland with very um, challenging conditions. And I just thought, gosh, that's so exotic. And the yes. warlock character is like a, a Shakespearean villain. It's like playing Richard III. Yeah. And um, I relished it. Now I was told Sean Connery was attached to play Redfern, the uh, witch hunter. That, that didn't work out. And I think, I don't think it was ever really on. Um, uh, but I was happy to commit and loved doing warlock. Um, and of course, for, for horror fans, particularly genre uh, fans, um, it's uh, it's something which will be better known than *Room the View of the Killing Fields* from that from that decade. Um, but um, and, I, and I love in the couple of the films I've done recently. One is called *Ghosts of Monday*, which is a sort of um, ghost hunters in a hotel in Cyprus trying to prove that ghosts don't exist, but my dears, they do. <laughs> and Ghosts of Monday, I think they're trying to get it out for Halloween, but also a film I shot in Budapest with an interesting Icelandic director um, uh, called The Piper, and that's an update of the um, Pipe Piper story, and I'm the conductor of an orchestra and the Piper's music has, it, it takes us over and sends us crazy. And I, uh, I think that's wonderful and Baroque. And when you, people who come into this convention, I think will enjoy the Piper. Um, um, so so I, 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 when I grew up, I loved Hammer horror films. Sure. Um, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. As a child, I was thrilled by these. So, I, but I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. I've probably done about 150 movies, and maybe a dozen are absolute sort of genre films, vampires or um, or warlocks or ghosty things. So, um, but some people will only know me as a as a genre actor, and that's okay. I'm happy that anyone knows me for anything. But, um, uh, there's another demographic which wouldn't see those films and just knows you as a dramatic actor, a romantic actor, in, uh, back in the day. And um, um, but it's a wonderful thing to be an actor uh, at, at my age. To after 40 years of being an actor, to continue being asked to asked to play, as to use your phrase. You know, it, it, it never ceases to be thrilling. And, and my curiosity about work, characters, um, places, people, is, um, is, if anything, more uh, developed now than it was when I started acting. Because when you start being an actor, you know, there's so much baggage you have to confront, anxiety and nervousness and, you know, jealousy and uh, uh, disappointment and rejection and and they can be very distracting. When you become a little bit established and 
you know, you're on the summons list somewhere, you can be so relaxed and everything else just falls away. And you're only focused on the work you're doing. And that's, a, that's a, at, the, at a time when, you know, most people in civilian jobs are retiring. Your work becomes so uh, open and um, unpredictable and interesting. You know, what in particular about the horror genre um, do you think is exciting, interesting as an actor? Like, what does horror kind of allow you to do? Well, the, the, in, the, there is great, um, you're not restricted by the banalities of everyday life. You know, there is, there is um, color and drama and passion and, and um, excitement in the dark. You know, it's very, um, it's, it's a very wonderful thing to sort of do that dance, do that tango with the devil, uh, as it were, or, or with the dark side. Yeah, I think um, um, when I, I used to read as a child, um, I still read a lot. <laughs> as a I child, I used to, to read, uh, you know, ghost stories. Lord Halifax's ghost mm. book, Algernon Blackwood's um, *The Supernatural and the Uncanny*, M.R. Um, James, um, uh, it just you know, *The Monkey's Paw*, things like that, yeah. and it was. Um, just, uh, ooh, titillating. And of course, we were all, as kids, well into Ouija boards. And <laughs> we would go into churchyards at night, you know, hoping to see a ghost, holding hands in a seance. And so, uh, so the reason is, yeah, I think it just elevated the, um, the, the predictable normality of everyday life and took us into this realm of the fantastic and the phantasmagorical uh, in a way which still um, excites me. When I, I, um, I, I just did a film um, with Glenn Danzig. Do you know Glenn Danzig? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Misfits. And he called me and said, hey Julian, I got this great idea for a movie because I've always wanted to do a uh, spaghetti Western, and I always wanted to do a vampire movie, and I want you to be in the center of it. And guess what? I'm gonna make everyone a vampire. Everyone in the movie's a vampire, and uh, you're the you're the king vampire. And we're gonna shoot it in my next door neighbor's uh, garage because uh, it's big, and I can make a studio. And and uh, he was so. Uh, there was something so um, uh, fresh and, and naive, and 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 uh, but enthusiastic about his call. I was very, I, I was persuaded. I thought, well, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be different. And, uh, trust me, it was not the first time. But you know, that's <clears throat> vampires yeah. are all different. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, in fact, I'm talking to people at the moment about maybe doing a, a vampire film in Scotland in the fall. Um, again, it'll be different. Vampires are people. People are different. Yeah. Well, we have a podcast, most of you know, The Dolls of Horror. 
Um, we put out the call to the listeners that couldn't be here if they had any questions for you. Sure. Um, the best question that we got came from Dawn. She loves you, by the way. And she said, she wants uh, me to ask you, is it difficult being so sexy? <laughs> Are you sure that question is intended Absolutely. I second that. Uh, well, yes. um, I think um, the, the, the answer would be is I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I'm happy to live the life and do the work. <laughs> I do. There you go. Any audience questions? Yes, sir. Um, how did the role of Jarrell and Tom Smallville come to you? And what was that like for you? Well, you know... <clears throat> It, 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 the, the very often, uh, there's no great mystery with casting. I get a, in those days, I got a call from an agent saying the people at Smallville would like you to play Jarrell. Nobody's ever played him since Marlon Brando, uh, although um, Terence Stamp did the voice um, early in earlier episodes. And I said, "Wow, that sounds cool. Yeah, just say yes, way." And we shot in Vancouver, so it wasn't. It wasn't like I bumped into somebody at a party and they had an epiphany. It was, it was a, a normal process. Now, casting can be like that. You can somebody might not have the idea of for, for you for a part, for me for a part, but then you meet them tangentially and they think, oh yeah. And um, so, it, 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 but um, generally people have ideas of who they want and mo in most movies the person who plays the main role isn't necessarily the first choice you know because people if they're in demand they're not available or they're too expensive or they don't want to do the part so you know I, was, I don't know if I was the first person approached but I was clearly on the list and when I was asked I just said yes and I Loved working. It was like stepping into this world of um, Tom um, was fantastic. So um, I don't know if he's ever been here, but he, he was so easy and, and charming. And I think he'd been doing it for about ten years at the time I worked with him. And um, we had a, a very good rapport. So I, I, I enjoyed, it was a very positive experience. And when they asked me back for a finale in the following season um, on Krypton, I was happy to go. Any other audience questions? Uh, yeah, a localized theater had a retrospective of Lynch films and they showed Boxing Alina, which had a famous uh, troubled production. I just wonder if you had any comments about that. Well, it, it, it was a troubled production. Um, but before I was involved, it had issues with different casts um, saying they were going to play it and then just feeling they didn't want to play it. I think Madonna was attached at one point to play Helena um, and then famously um, uh, Long, Kim Basinger was going to play, but then her agent put her off. I think Ed Harris was going to play my role. Jimmy Spader, I think, was offered it. But then Sherilyn said um, uh, she wanted to do it, and they approached me, and uh, I met 
met Jennifer and liked her very much. And again, it was her first film. And it didn't matter to me that she was David Lynch's daughter. I just felt what she had to say had great passion. And um, I was drawn to this dark fairy story. Uh, it was my take on it, but it was a, a beautiful love story. Um, and uh, But when the film came out, it was greeted with great hostility by reviewers. And the, the audience, too, I mean, some liked it, but it wasn't um, a success. But, you know, nearly 25 years later, I think it's a much more contemporary film than it was at the time it was made. And people who see it uh, over the last three or five years have um, responded to it in a way that was entirely uh, Jennifer's aim when she, she wrote and filmed the piece. I, I, in, I, I enjoyed it very much. Difficult, because it was you know dark. <laughs> Anything? Yes. Um, I got a couple questions about the movie Warlock. Um, let's see. Uh, what was the first? Well, I think, uh, did, did you know that there was a Warlock, our proposed Warlock comic book? Um, I saw an interview by Ray Kate. I kind of forget who he was, but there was like two issues. But the Warlock character in, in that was not supposed to be you or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but I imagine, and I don't know who this character was, but yeah, yeah it's a good idea for a comic book yeah. thing. And maybe the character wasn't supposed to be me because of rights issues. Yeah, or, it was right. It was I some mean, kind I, of rights issues. They didn't I, really want any actual characters yeah, in the movie. Yeah, that makes sense. It was, it was very complicated. The, um, the, the There was talk about doing another warlock after the... The, the third one, which I didn't want to do, they came back to me and said, look, we know we messed up the last time. And that's, that's another thing about the actual Warlock movie. There were a couple of sequels, but they were more like reboots. Do you agree? Uh, well, I didn't like... see. I, I, I read this. I, I liked the second Warlock the Armageddon. I thought that was interesting, kind of psychedelic and strange. But the script of the third, which I was sent, I thought was rehash and weak and uninteresting when they should be looking to be more creative and spend more money and, and really enjoy the possibility of, a, of an enduring audience. I think a lot of things that Warlock fans are wondering about is was there or are there uh, any plans for a sequel that's more like a straight up sequel to the movie Warlock like there was with there finally was with the movie Leprechaun. Not to my knowledge, but um, uh, that doesn't mean to say people aren't making plans. Um, why they did that? Okay, I think uh, there, there was one more question I can think of offhand. Is that uh, I remember a long time ago that that um, guy I was with the comic, I believe his name was Ray Kate, said that there was um, some people who protested, or there were some. Censorship issues with the movie Warlock, and it was done by um, a 
I think, according to him, fundamentalist groups who, you know, I guess they're opposed to you know, just the name Warlock. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. But fundamentalist groups will protest about yeah. anything. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, in most of the movies I've done, I've been protesting yeah. by fundamentalist groups. Um, and I'm very happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Warlock question. Yes. Um, so, Warlock 1 and Warlock 2, both very different films in feel. What was it like filming those? Like, what were the differences in the filming styles and processes? Uh, well, the first film was much more classically uh -huh. made, and Steve Miner uh, was very good at handling that. Possibly uh, quite conservative in some way. I mean, his filmmaking was traditional, very literal, but he did a very good job. The um, second uh, Warlock was uh, directed by Anthony Hickox, who was much more like a, uh, a sort of um, a, a maverick um, uh, image maker. He'd, kind of, he'd done a lot of video work with rock and roll bands. We and also did um, Hellraiser 3, which is a very like nightclub-y rock and roll feel yeah. too. That, that, that's, <laughs> that so he was going for something much more uh, kind of rock and roll, psychedelic, not um, uh, not not showing any you know respect necessary to the first. That's why he, I wasn't wearing the same stuff. He wanted me in this sort of um, um, uh, more uh, what he said, rock star, <laughs> frock coat and. Um, I still have it, um, and uh, I. Um, so I think the director, the, the director, you know, the film filmmaking is very much the director's medium. They're, they're the people. I, as an actor, you are palette, uh, your paint on the palette of the director, and of course, you apply yourself in your own particular way. But it's a director's medium because of the immense time spent in pre-production. And post-production, the actual filmmaking is usually the shortest period of making a movie. And I thought uh, uh, Tony Hickox would go on to have a, a, a much more mainstream. I thought he was original and um, an exciting fella to work with. Great energy, but um, uh, he didn't. He, he didn't really, to me, have the career so far that I thought he would have. Yeah. And um, you know, what, what would you say are some of the biggest differences between performing on stage and performing in film? Well, I, I, before I talk about the differences, which are in some way self-evident, right, right. you know, we're doing our little play here and you're like here sure. and it's wonderful and intimate and, uh, and connected when you're working, but it's a mistake people think that oh there isn't an audience when you make a movie of course there is there's you know people all around the crew and it might be a big crew a small crew there is the director you're playing to the camera i mean there is energy and you're responding to that and the creative process comes from the, of creating a character comes from the same place now technically you may modify projection um, you will look for a different kind of nuance in a, a, in a line or a, an expression. But it's coming from the same place. 
so, uh, but, you know, the, the great thing is, if you're doing a movie, you get to do it over and over uh, until you get it the way you want it to be. But the great thing about doing a play, you get to do it again every night, and you never really get it to where, it's always different. It's, uh, you know, it's never quite what you want it to be, um, which is what makes it um, very, uh, yeah, I mean, fascinating. It's like a different, you're cooking the same meal every night, but it's always different, with different guests, of course. Um, and uh, I, I suppose I made a choice in my early 20s. I described this desire to be involved in films. And, 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 I, and I have been. I mean, I, I, I do plays, and I do these one-man presentations. Um, because it gives me great freedom, and they, I can do them as pop-ups. And they, whereas if you do a play, you're committing to you know, six weeks rehearsal, and then maybe three months to six months performance. You can make three movies in that time, <laughs> and, uh, and have these very different, um, enriching. So it's a lifestyle choice to a degree. I mean, I've worked in over fifty countries uh, on movies. Um, and uh, as I said, I, I am looking forward to working in more. You, you know, if you're an actor, you have to have a kind of wanderlust. You know, you're a traveling player. And there's a poetry to that as a, a lifestyle. But then, you know, to, to me, the, uh, my idea of hell would be to be attached to a television show which goes for 10 years, um, you know, because uh, I've never been in that position, so I, I, mean, I know there's a lot, they make a lot of money, those guys, but um, I like not knowing where I'm going to be in a month's time or two months' time. You like being a wandering minstrel? A wandering, <laughs> a wandering minstrel eye, a thing of rags and patches, of <laughs> ballad songs and snatches. So you know, it's a, it's an exciting thing to to to. to uh, I mean, when I was a little boy, I wanted to be an actor. Nobody knew how that could happen in my family, in the, you know, in the north of England. Uh, and uh, but I, it, my, it came true. And, uh, and never more true than right here, right now, with you. And um, I, I'm immensely grateful for that. So, um, yeah. Any other questions from, yes? I'm always fascinated to know from an artist, um, what's inspiring you these days? Is there a, is there a book or a movie or a, or a play, something you've experienced recently that you'd want to share with us, anything that's inspiring your art? Um, well, I get inspired by other people's ideas on my behalf. In other words, uh, I go to Rome next week um, to do um, uh, a, 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 a much more mundane thriller mm -hmm. compared to the body odyssey I, I described. But it has style, and it has um, um, panache, and Monica Bellucci I, I, I like, and I'm looking forward to doing scenes with her. And, um, but 
I would never have had the idea, So, but I responded to their script, it's called Gold Diggers. And, um, and after that in London I do a film, I can't tell you too much about it, it's called um, Slippery Beast, and I play a character called Orson. But it's I'm I'm, uh, I'm not allowed to talk about it. So <laughs> I just have, and, uh, and, um, and that it, to me was a very original, strange script, a sort of pseudo documentary exploring a murder, which took place in the 19th century, and um, I'm really excited for that. But I would never have come up to you, uh, come up to my agent and said, you know, I'd like to do a, I'd like to do another film in Rome because generally I, I like to go somewhere different, mm -hmm. or um, I'd like to work in London on a pseudo documentary about the murder of a 19th century Parisian artist. <laughs> but then when you read it, you respond. That's what I say. Actors react. But I don't have in my bag. A bunch of books or scripts and showing to people and saying, "Look, I'd really like to do this," um, because it, you know production. But then that you get involved in production that can be grueling and go on. I, I, you know, in between jobs, I spend a lot of time mountain climbing. I like going to the mountains, and uh, the power is there. The still and solemn power of many sights and many signs and all of life and death. And if you know who I was quoting? Jack London. Shelley, Mont Blanc. There we go. Yeah. What else? Yes. Yeah, is there any movies, um, I guess, that you auditioned for that you didn't, like, that you wish you would have gotten, but that became big or? Uh, which certainly there are movies which I have been in the mix for, which I didn't get, which were big movies. Um, but I, I don't live with regrets, you know. Right. And Rice wanted me to play Vampire the Stacks. Oh, uh, nice. And uh, uh, I met her, we were filming with Mary Lambert in New Orleans, and we were filming in her house. Um, it didn't. It didn't happen. But no, all, all actors are considered for things, and they can only use one person. And sure, sometimes not so much now, but back then, you used to audition, and you know that can go either way. Um, most of the work I've done, I haven't had to audition for. People have just asked me to do it. And uh, um, but I'm. I, I'm more interested in being involved in a good movie than a big movie, you know. But certainly there have been things I've thought of, kind of thought, yeah, wow. You know? <laughs> I wish that had worked out. <laughs> you see the results. But um, no, all that falls away when you get into your middle age, you know. Um, and I. <coughs> it's, a, it, it's a normal thing that. You're, if you're a working actor, you're not going to be able to do everything you might want to do, or even do everything you're asked to do, but and would like to do because there are only 12 months in the year. And, you know. Anyone else? 
I mean, I'd love to hear a favorite Warlock memory um, just during the shoot, something that really sticks out to you still. Well, what you must remember about Warlock, it was shot on film. It wasn't video, it wasn't digital. And there was no CGI, so everything was, um, um, I think the word is analog. All the effects were analog. So when I'm flying around and there's a, um, I've got that spear, you know, it means I'm on a wire. Um, uh, um, dangling from a crane with this weather vane strapped to a thing on my chest and um yeah, yeah at one point the crane the, the controls which were one of the sort of jay started started vibrating i mean it was it was uh, just, you know got very very juddery so i was being thrown around they couldn't throw me hey, so somebody who's on the crane it was, and, uh, but i trusted the wire i knew the wire was because I knew the wire would hold me, but I didn't trust the crane right. because that looked like it was about to topple right. over. Yeah. Um, so that was, you know, one of the more um, sort of uh, death-defying memories. But what I remember most, uh, there were very good actors in Warlock. One of the reasons it worked because everybody played their roles with absolute authenticity and sincerity and belief you know even the, the sort of the um one line one scene uh, comp uh company members it was a very good ensemble and that's what made it um i think very appealing well i um i would also love to talk to you a little bit about rose red sure that's a that's a really fun little Stephen King miniseries. Yep. If no one's seen it, check it out. Yeah, we got some. Any memories from shooting Rose Red? Well, it was um, what I loved about Rose Red that if it that they, that it was three um, yes. installments. If they made it just one or even two, they'd have had to cut so much of the the atmosphere, uh, the 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 romance, the feeling of just being in this house, which had a special character um, and again you know a very interesting and diverse group of actors together um, in a, a sort of um, uh, in sympathy with each other I mean I believed all those characters for being who they were as presented uh, which isn't always the case um, and um, uh, and I love, we shot it in Seattle, in and around Seattle. And um, there was an amalgam of, um, the, the actual house was one particular house, but there were a couple of other houses were sort of used for certain scenes and garden scenes. Um, it was, um, Alan used to go to the mountains up there, the, the Cascades every weekend. It was, um, it was, and meeting Stephen King because he played the pizza delivery guy. Yeah. A really fun dance scene, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I love me some big fans, but I was about that too. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it had, uh, there was something wonderfully nostalgic uh, about it. It wasn't fantastical. It was very, very human, the, the story. And the house took on this 
kind of human characteristic. He was, he was such a character in the in the film, and it wasn't sort of out there, creepy, gothic. It was believable. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, also we. Um, it was very much the story was very much um, reminiscent of Winchester House in yeah. California, yes. right? So I think a lot of us know about that, and so that made us go, oh, "This is very, very cool," you know. The Winchester House was a sort of design yeah. model, but we didn't shoot at the Winchester. No, 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 no. no. A lot of uh, quite often I'm asked, "Did you really? shoot at the Winchester?" House? I think that'd be kind of impossible. <laughs> with um, how it's built. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't, so. That's <laughs> a quick answer. Right, yes. Julian, thank you very My much. My pleasure. Thank really. you. So, Did so we have nice. anything else to wrap up with? No? All right, well, with that, we're going to send him back to his table. You are a spiritualist. Uh, sorry, I thought everybody left. You hail spirits, do you not? I channel them. Then channel me a spirit. Well, I really only uh, do group, uh, group sessions. Group sessions. Channel me a spirit. Who did you have in mind? Um, like a relative? Like a father. What's his name? He has many. I'll need one. Zamiel. Zamiel. I would ask that we wait. For what do we wait? For the true Zamiel to appear. I am Zamiel, and only when you have cast aside all doubts will you be able to ask me. Able to ask, ask me, ask me, what How comes it that you have brought me here? Bring together that which has inverted. Bring together my Bible. A grand grimoire. By a resource for which it could be retaken. My efforts, how might they be rewarded? Service to Satan is reward. For others, surely. But for that most cunning witch who steals back your Bible, the book that can thwart creation itself, what for him? <laughs> Do what I demand. 
bring together all three parts, and you shall be him. The one begotten son. It shall be me. Let my eyes die in the